chapter sixteen of childhood by leo tolstoy translated by charles james hogarth eighteen sixty nine to nineteen forty five this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter sixteen verse making rather less than a month after our arrival in moscow i was sitting upstairs in my grandmamma's house and doing some writing at a large table opposite to me sat the drawing-master who was giving a few finishing touches to the head of a turban turk executed in black pencil volodya with outstretched neck was standing behind the drawing-master and looking over his shoulder the head was volodya's first production in pencil and to-day grandmamma's name-day the masterpiece was to be presented to her aren't you going to put a little more shadow there said volodya to the master as he raised himself on tiptoe and pointed to the turk's neck no it is not necessary the master replied as he put pencil and drawing-pen into a japanned folding-box it is just right now and you need not do anything more to it as for you nikolinka he added rising and glancing askew at the turk won't you tell us your great secret at last what are you going to give your grandmamma i think another head would be your best gift but good-bye gentlemen and taking his hat and cardboard he departed i too had thought that another head than the one at which i had been working would be a better gift so when we were told that grandmamma's name-day was soon to come round and that we must each of us have a present ready for her i had taken it into my head to write some verses in honour of the occasion and had forthwith composed two rhymed couplets hoping that the rest would soon materialise i really do not know how the idea one so peculiar for a child came to occur to me but i know that i liked it vastly and answered all questions on the subject of my gift by declaring that i should soon have something ready for grandmamma but was not going to say what it was contrary to my expectation i found that after the first two couplets executed in the initial heat of enthusiasm even my most strenuous efforts refused to produce another one i began to read different poems in our books but neither dmitrieff nor derzhavin could help me on the contrary they only confirmed my sense of incompetence knowing however that karl ivanitch was fond of writing verses i stole softly upstairs to burrow among his papers and found among a number of german verses some in the russian language which seemed to have come from his own pen to l remember near remember far remember me to-day be faithful and forever i still beyond the grave remember that i have well loved thee karl meyer these verses which were written in a fine round hand on thin letter-paper pleased me with the touching sentiment with which they seemed to be inspired i learnt them by heart and decided to take them as a model the thing was much easier now by the time the name-day had arrived i had completed a twelve-couplet congratulatory ode and sat down to the table in our schoolroom to copy them out on vellum two sheets were soon spoiled not because i found it necessary to alter anything the verses seemed to me perfect but because after the third line the tail end of each successive one would go curving upward and making it plain to all the world that the whole thing had been written with a want of adherence to the horizontal a thing which i could not bear to see the third sheet also came out crooked but i determined to make it do in my verses i congratulated grandmamma wished her many happy returns and concluded thus 
endeavouring you to please and cheer we love you like our mother dear this seemed to me not bad yet it offended my ear somehow love you like our mother dear i repeated to myself what other rhyme could i use instead of dear fear steer well it must go at that at least the verses are better than karl ivanitch's accordingly i added the last verse to the rest then i went into our bedroom and recited the whole poem aloud with much feeling and gesticulation the verses were altogether guiltless of metre but i did not stop to consider that yet the last one displeased me more than ever as i sat on my bed i thought why on earth did i write like our mother dear she is not here and therefore she need never have been mentioned true i love and respect grandmamma but she is not quite the same as why did i write that what did i go and tell a lie for they may be verses only yet i needn't quite have done that at that moment the tailor arrived with some new clothes for us well so be it i said in much vexation as i crammed the verses hastily under my pillow and ran down to adorn myself in the new moscow garments they fitted marvellously both the brown jacket with yellow buttons a garment made skin tight and not to allow room for growth as in the country and the black trousers also close-fitting so that they displayed the figure and lay smoothly over the boots at last i have real trousers on i thought as i looked at my legs with the utmost satisfaction i concealed from every one the fact that the new clothes were horribly tight and uncomfortable but on the contrary said that if there were a fault it was that they were not tight enough for a long while i stood before the looking-glass as i combed my elaborately pomaded head but try as i would i could not reduce the topmost hairs on the crown to order as soon as ever i left off combing them they sprang up again and radiated in different directions thus giving my face a ridiculous expression karl ivanitch was dressing in another room and i heard someone bring him his blue frock-coat and underlinen then at the door leading downstairs i heard a maid-servant's voice and went to see what she wanted in her hand she held a well-starched shirt which she said she had been sitting up all night to get ready i took it and asked if grandmamma was up yet oh yes she has had her coffee and the priest has come my word but you look a fine little fellow added the girl with a smile at my new clothes this observation made me blush so i whirled round on one leg snapped my fingers and went skipping away in the hope that by these manoeuvres i should make her sensible that even yet she had not realized quite what a fine fellow i was however when i took the shirt to karl i found that he did not need it having taken another one standing before a small looking-glass he tied his cravat with both hands trying by various motions of his head to see whether it fitted him comfortably or not and then took us down to see grandmamma to this day i cannot help laughing when i remember what a smell of pomade the three of us left behind us on the staircase as we descended karl was carrying a box which he had made himself volodya his drawing and i my verses while each of us also had a form of words ready with which to present his gift just as karl opened the door the priest put on his vestment and began to say prayers during the ceremony grandmamma stood leaning over the back of a chair with her head bent down near her stood papa he turned and smiled at us as we hurriedly thrust our presents behind our backs and tried to remain unobserved by the door the whole effect of a surprise upon which we had been counting was entirely lost when at last every one had made the sign of the cross i became intolerably oppressed with a sudden invincible and deadly attack of shyness 
so that the courage to offer my present completely failed me i hid myself behind karl ivanitch who solemnly congratulated grandmamma and transferring his box from his right hand to his left presented it to her then he withdrew a few steps to make way for volodya grandmamma seemed highly pleased with the box which was adorned with a gold border and smiled in the most friendly manner in order to express her gratitude yet it was evident that she did not know where to set the box down and this probably accounts for the fact that she handed it to papa at the same time bidding him observe how beautifully it was made its curiosity satisfied papa handed the box to the priest who also seemed particularly delighted with it and looked with astonishment first at the article itself and then at the artist who could make such wonderful things then volodya presented his turk and received a similarly flattering ovation on all sides it was my turn now and grandmamma turned to me with her kindest smile those who have experienced what embarrassment is know that it is a feeling which grows in direct proportion to delay while decision decreases in similar measure in other words the longer the condition lasts the more invincible does it become and the smaller does the power of decision come to be my last remnants of nerve and energy had forsaken me while karl and volodya had been offering their presents and my shyness now reached its culminating point i felt the blood rushing from my heart to my head one blush succeeding another across my face and drops of perspiration beginning to stand out on my brow and nose my ears were burning i trembled from head to foot and though i kept changing from one foot to the other i remained rooted where i stood well nikolinka tell us what you have brought said papa is it a box or a drawing there was nothing else to be done with a trembling hand i held out the folded fatal paper but my voice failed me completely and i stood before grandmamma in silence i could not get rid of the dreadful idea that instead of a display of the expected drawing some bad verses of mine were about to be read aloud before every one and that the words our mother dear would clearly prove that i had never loved but had only forgotten her how shall i express my sufferings when grandmamma began to read my poetry aloud when unable to decipher it she stopped half-way and looked at papa with a smile which i took to be one of ridicule when she did not pronounce it as i had meant it to be pronounced and when her weak sight not allowing her to finish it she handed the paper to papa and requested him to read it all over again from the beginning i fancied that she must have done this last because she did not like to read such a lot of stupid crookedly written stuff herself yet wanted to point out to papa my utter lack of feeling i expected him to slap me in the face with the verses and say you bad boy so you have forgotten your mamma take that for it yet nothing of the sort happened on the contrary when the whole had been read grandmamma said charming and kissed me on the forehead then our presents together with two cambric pocket handkerchiefs and a snuff-box engraved with mamma's portrait were laid on the table attached to the great voltairian armchair in which grandmamma always sat the princess barbara ilinisha announced one of the two footmen who used to stand behind grandmamma's carriage but grandmamma was looking thoughtfully at the portrait on the snuff-box and returned no answer shall i show her in madame repeated the footman End of chapter sixteen recording by expatriate in bangor maine